Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. They were reading from Redwood Pioneer by Betty Sterling. Chapter 11. The summer flew by. The corn grew taller and taller. When the tassels finally showed at the top, Mikey took a long pole and measured one. Thirteen feet high, Ma, he said. Did you ever hear of such tall corn? The soil is really rich, said Ma. I heard people say in Santa Cruz that the corn would grow that high in the Redwood country, but I never thought I'd see it. We never had it so high at our old cabin, did we? Mikey asked. He was already beginning to forget how things were in that little valley in the potato country. No, Ma said. I think the tallest corn we ever grew was about ten feet. These tall stalks will make plenty of feed for the cows, too. We could get lost in this corn, Mikey said. It's trying to be as tall as the redwoods. It'll have to grow some yet, then, said Martha. Ma had been keeping an eye on the berry bushes that grew along the creek. One day, she told Mikey and Mary to begin picking the blackberries so she could make jam. Of course, Mikey knew the berries were ripe already. He had been trying a few once in a while when he was gathering firewood. He knew Ma didn't care. There were more berries than anyone knew what to do with. He and Mary picked the water pail full again and again. They picked so many that there were berries every day for breakfast and supper, and plenty for jam besides. One day, Mikey explored the creek below the garden that ran away from the cabin toward the west. He found two different kinds of berries. He picked some and carried them to the cabin to show Ma. Huckleberries and gooseberries, Ma exclaimed. I didn't know there were any here in the forest. Can you get more? Sure, said Mikey, and I promise to bring every gooseberry I pick. Ma laughed softly and Martha giggled. The gooseberries were so puckery that even always hungry Mikey wouldn't want to eat them without sugar. The next day, Mikey and Mary started off early. Mikey carried two pails, and Mary had two big sacks. Don't get lost, cautioned Ma. Remember to stay on the creek. We won't get lost, said Mikey. They walked up the path to the garden, and then around to it to the top of the hill where the pine trees grew. Then they started down a tiny creek that soon grew wider. Before long, the creek widened even more, and the banks were a tangle of berry bushes. Close to the water, there were strawberry plants. We should call this Pie Creek, said Mary, because of all the pie berries that grow on it. You always want to name everything, said Mikey, his mouth full of blackberries. You told Ma you'd bring back all the berries you picked, Mary teased, and you're stuffing on them instead. That was the gooseberries, said Mikey. I'm not going to carry any blackberries back over the hill. We can pick them near the cabin. They walked slowly down the creek, picking the best berries and exploring the nooks of the creek. Other creeks joined it on its way down the mountain. It became a small river, some places narrow and deep, and other places wide and shallow and shining over the sand. In the spots where the redwoods shaded the water, they found tall ferns. Mikey counted five different kinds. He closed his eyes and tried to think how they looked so he could draw pictures of them when he got back to the cabin. They were going steadily downhill all the time, following the creek. The sun was high overhead and hot. The bees made a drowsy sound around the flowers, and a few birds twittered. Only one more sack to fill, Mikey said. 
He put the sack that they had filled to overflowing on a high rock in the middle of the creek. He had left the buckets the same way after they were full. He knew they would be easier to find again that way. I'm glad we didn't bring any lunch, Mary said. I'm so full of blackberries, I couldn't eat another thing. I can still eat more blackberries, Mikey declared. He spied a blackberry bush across the, the creek with the biggest fruit he had seen yet. He waded across and began eating. In a few minutes, Mary was beside him, popping berries into her mouth as fast as he was into his. I thought you were full, Mikey said. I got hungry watching you eat, said Mary. We'd better fill our other sack of gooseberries and huckleberries, Mikey said. The day is half gone. They each swallowed another handful of blackberries and then started on. Soon they had the sack full. I'm tired, Mary said. Can't we rest here on the sand a little bit? All right. Mikey put the sack down on the dry sand. Mary stretched out on the warm sand and in a minute was fast asleep. Mikey sat and dangled his feet in the cold water. Everything was quiet now that Mary wasn't chattering. He heard the gurgling song of the creek, and from somewhere there was a roaring sound, low and steady. It reminded him of the faraway sound of the ocean the night they stayed in Santa Cruz. But the sound didn't get louder and softer like the sound of the waves. He put his ear to the ground. Then he could hear it distinctly. Suddenly a thought struck him. Wake up, Mary, he said, shaking her. She sat up and rubbed her eyes. What's the matter? she asked sleepily. I think I hear a waterfall, Mikey said. Let's find it. Mary jumped up, ready to go. They left the berry bag on the sand and quickly started down the stream. Soon the roar was louder, and Mikey was sure it was a waterfall. Suddenly they came to it. The water jumped over three ledges and splashed into a pool at the bottom. They made their way carefully to the foot of the falls and looked up. It's like sunshine falling over the rocks, Mary said in delight. The yellow rocks behind the water make it look like gold, said Mikey. But he was disappointed. He was sure the roar from the falls would be bigger. I think there's another waterfall, he said. They went farther downstream. Another creek joined the one they were on. And then Mikey almost fell head first off the cliff when they came abruptly to the second falls. Holding onto bushes, they leaned over and looked. This was more beautiful than the first. The fine mist and spray blew into their faces. This one is like Ma's white lace curtain, said Mary. Mikey led the way carefully around the steep cliff and down to the base of the falls. They stood on a fallen redwood and watched the rainbows in the water where the sun shone on it. This still isn't enough for the roar, said Mikey. There must be another waterfall yet. Come, let's go a bit farther. Mary followed obediently. The way wasn't so steep now, and Mikey didn't see any signs of a cliff ahead that would mean another waterfall. But still, he felt that the roar came from ahead of them. Then, as they rounded a curve in the wide stream, and the thick redwoods shut off the sound of the falls behind them, Mikey was sure. The roar was like that, the noise of thunder. Mikey, it scares me. Let's stop here, Mary pleaded. She covered her ears with her hands. Come on, said Mikey. He was entranced with the sound of the water. He had to see the falls. Mary followed timidly. Then they saw it. Mikey gasped. He had never expected to see a waterfall like this. They hurried down the slope and around to a spot where they could look straight at the falls. They just stood and stared. Even Mary couldn't talk for once. Mikey gazed first at the wide stream that rushed toward the overhanging cliff and roared off in a white, wide torrent all down, down to the big blue-green pool. A bright rainbow shimmered in the foamy spray. Finally, Mikey turned away. 
This was even more than he had hoped for. Mary shouted above the sound of the water. I'm glad we came. Mikey nodded. Then a glance at the sun made his heart sink. Mary, it's the middle of the afternoon. We'll really have to hurry now. He led the lit way rapidly upstream. He could hear Mary puffing as she tried to keep up with him. He knew he mustn't wear her out. She wasn't used to such climbing. Finally, they came to the sandy place where they had left their last sack of berries. Mikey picked it up, and they went on. But Mary had to stop and rest often. Mikey stood and waited impatiently each time. The sun was getting lower and lower in the west. The shadow of the mountain was over most of the creek. They picked up the second sack of berries. Mikey, will we get back before dark? Mary asked. She looked frightened. I hope so, said Mikey. But he was sure they wouldn't. Mary was so tired. If he were alone, he could go much faster. He shouldn't have taken her down to the waterfalls. Each place where the streams forked, Mikey checked to make sure he was going the right way. But that took extra time. There were so many places he couldn't remember all of them. Then he would have to look for their footprints in the sand or along the damp bank. Mary sat down and rested each time Mikey made sure. Mikey was tired himself, but he didn't tell Mary so. She was almost ready to cry, and he didn't want to make her feel worse. He kept pushing on, always uphill as they followed the creeks. He picked up the first of two buckets. Walking was a struggle then, with a bucket in one hand and the two heavy sacks in the other. They could see the pink-orange glow of the setting sun on the tops of the mountains. Mikey knew it was a long way to the cabin yet. If only they could get to the garden by dark, they could find their way down the path from there all right. Tears were trickling down Mary's cheeks when Mikey turned to see if she was coming. Mikey, she sobbed, we'll get lost and a bear will eat us up. She cried louder. Mikey put his bucket and sacks down and hugged her. Don't cry, Mary, he begged. Pa says there aren't any more bears here. We won't get lost. Stop crying now so as we can go on. Mary wiped her face on her dusty skirt. She looked so funny, Mikey had to laugh. Finally, she smiled at him. Mikey picked up the berries again, and they started on. The berries were getting heavier and heavier. Mikey knew that when they came to the last bucket, Mary would have to carry one of the sacks. He wouldn't be able to carry any more. The forest was dusky now. It was hard to be sure they were following the right creek all the time. Mikey was relieved when they came to the other bucket. He was sure then that they were on their way to the cabin. They trudged up the creek, stumbling over rocks in the twilight. Mikey held the buckets carefully so the berries wouldn't spill. He watched hopefully for pine trees that would show they were near the mountaintop, but all he could see were the silhouettes of the redwoods against the deep blue sky. A few stars twinkled, but they seemed a long way off. Mary sat down on a rock. I can't go another step, Mikey, she cried. I'm too tired to walk. She buried her face in her skirt and sobbed. Mikey didn't know what to do. He couldn't leave her there, and he couldn't carry her. He wished he could shout loud enough for Pa to hear. Mikey heard a sniffling noise, a faint sound. Mary heard it through her crying. She grabbed Mikey's hand. What is it, Mikey? she whispered. Mikey was trembling, but he wouldn't let Mary know. Only a deer, he said. Mary stood up. She was ready to go on. She hadn't slept under the stars when they were camping, and she didn't want to start doing it now. Mikey was glad the deer had scared her. At least, he hoped it was only a deer. At last, they were on the mountaintop. It was much too dark to see, but Mikey felt his way down the brush fence around the garden. Then he was able to find the path. 
Even Mary was able to hurry as she, they trotted down the path. Soon they saw a light through the trees. Ma had lit the kerosene lamp and put it outside on the stump. The candles were burning in all the windows. They ran toward the light, and halfway down the path came right into their father's arms. Oh, Pa! And Mary began to cry. Pa lifted her up to his shoulder with one arm and took one bucket and the two sacks in his other arm. Will you make it, Mikey? he asked. Sure, Pa. I'm all right. Mikey ached in every bone, but he was too happy to be back home to care about that. Ma greeted them quietly. I've been worrying about you, Mikey. She ladled out two big dishes of stew for them. But what beautiful gooseberries you've brought. Tomorrow I'll make pies. Mikey ate the stew like a donkey on fresh pasture. He didn't know he was so starved. Poor Mary ate a few bites and slumped over sound asleep. Poor child, said Ma. She's worn out. Where did you go, Mikey? Pa carried Mary into the little bedroom, and Martha dressed her for bed. She didn't even stir as Martha tucked her in. We went down a creek on the other side of the mountains, Mikey said between bites. There were lots and lots of berries. He took another big mouthful. Then when we had all the berries, we heard a waterfall. Oh, Pa, I wish you could see it. Pat and Tom came in. Howdy, lost, strayed, or stolen one, Pat teased. We're glad to see you back now that we've finished your milking for you. Mikey grinned. Hush, said Ma. You'll wake Sean and Liam. Not Mary, though, said Martha. You couldn't shake her awake. There were three waterfalls, Pa, said Mikey. His eyes were shining as he told about them. Pa nodded. You're quite the explorer, Mikey. But next time you want to explore, take Pat or Tom or me with you and leave your little sister home. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.